I'd seen this clip. It's actually uh, about three years old, I believe. And uh, then about three weeks ago, I saw he was interviewed on Huckabee. And I said, man, and they showed a little bit of this clip. And I said, man, I got I to gotta show that clip this Sunday. I was saying, you know, uh, you know about uh, follow the leader. Follow the leader. It, it's, it's not enough to just know the leader. I mean, we talk about knowing Jesus. That's not enough. That's not enough. Okay, this, this series that we're in, moving forward. If you're going to move forward, you've got to be following the leader. If you're not following the leader, even if you're moving, you're just moving. All right, you, can, you can be, you know, you can be moving, man, you can be worshiping and moving, but you're just moving, you know? And, and like the old saying is, you know, you know, it doesn't matter how high you jump on Sunday, but it's how hard you, or st- how straight you walk when you land on Monday. It's about following Jesus. It, it, all this other stuff, I, I mean, some people think that, you know, everything is over about Jesus in my life when I walk out the doors, when the pastor says the last amen. And then some of you may think, man, and it's okay if you go tell your, your friends, your neighbors, people you work with. It's okay if you go tell them, man, you're my pastor, man, he, he's hard, man. <laughs> he wants us to come to church and pay our tithes and pray all the prayers that they pray, listen to his sermon, sing all the songs, and, and he's still not happy. Exactly. I'm still not happy. I'm not going to be satisfied until you are following Jesus. I want to see you follow Jesus. I don't want to just see you going through the motions of doing the thing. You've got to follow Jesus because there are a lot of times that I don't know what to do, but then I start thinking about, you know, which there was a book, you know, many, many years ago, and then there were the bracelets, what would Jesus do? Man, a lot of times, I, I get myself out of so many things, so many problems, so many tight spaces, when I just stop and think, if Jesus were walking right here, how would Jesus walk in this situation? What would he do? What would he say? How would he, how would he minister? How would he reach out to people? Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Well, let's have a word of prayer. And let's let God challenge us today. Father, I, I, I just love you, God. It's so awesome, Lord, that you allow us to be in your presence like you have this morning. God, it's so awesome. I, I, I'm just sad, Lord, that so many of us experience it for this hour or so, and then it's gone. God, I pray. I pray somebody today receives this challenge from you, Lord, to see this and to feel this and have this, this presence of yours, not just around us for a little while on Sunday, but God in filling us and God empowering us every single day of the week. I pray, God, that you help us to hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Okay, I got to hurry. I don't have any idea how I'm going to get y'all out before two o'clock, but I'm going to do my best, okay? I'm joking for any of y'all that are nervous because it's your first time here, all right? All right. Uh, all, the, all the nursery workers would, would quit if I went that long, okay? Their, their, their time schedule is a whole lot more, uh, a lot more tight than mine is, okay? Uh, I'm so glad, and, and the way this worked out, I kind of I pushed for uh, graduate recognition to be on today because I knew what I was going to be preaching today. I was saying, man, this fits so well. And then, you know, it hit me, wait a minute. We're, we're going to give a Francis Chan book to the graduates on the day we're going to play a Francis Chan video clip, you know, and and listen that book you've got in your hand, you graduates. Listen, if uh, if nothing else, but that right there doesn't make you want to man. I got to go get in this book. I mean, what what he's saying right there. 
you need to jump into this book, some awesome stuff. And I, I said last week, I'm not, not a huge Francis Chan fan. I, I, kinda, I think I said that because I knew I was going to quote him last week, going to play a video clip of him today and, and hand out a book by him today. I, I wanted you to know I'm not just a, a Francis Chan devotee, but I do like a whole lot of stuff that he says. And, and, and I do like this thing also, is that he lives what he preaches. Because if you, will, if, you will, if you will watch, and if you don't know, just Google his name and just find out what he did when he left the church he pastored, I think for 17 years, huge church, California, and, and sold his house and moved his family uh, into San Francisco. And now he's ministering to people on the street, inviting people into his home. I mean, we wouldn't even move to San Francisco, much less do all that other stuff. You know, and, and so he's not a man who just speaks the word. He's a man that, you know what he does? Follows the leader. So, you know, I can have respect for a man who doesn't just preach it on Sunday, but a man that lives it on Monday and all the way through Saturday. So let's get into this message, share some things we did this morning. Because, and, and I know here's where you're at. You're saying, I, I, there's something more got to happen in my Christianity. Because my Christianity is just, you know, what, what, what I'm getting out of it, it, it's just not working. So, so help me move forward, Pastor. Okay, let, let's talk about moving forward. First of all, let's look at the word Christian. And I started to give you the, the Greek definition of, uh, or, or the Greek word for Christian, but I, I, you know, after that clip, I couldn't bring that to you. Could I? I couldn't say, hey, here it is. But here, here is the meaning of the word Christian, okay? And, and it mean, you know, some people think it means, it means to be a believer in Christ. You know, I mean, actually, you know, you Google it online, that's, that's what you'll get. A lot of people, one who believes in Christ. That's not what a Christian is. It's not, you, it's not enough to just believe because there are millions of people out here who believe that Jesus Christ lived. And a lot of them even believe Jesus Christ was the Son of God who came in the flesh and died on Calvary. But they're still not Christians. Because Christian means... Let me tell you something else it doesn't mean. It, it does not mean, a lot of people think it means that one who studies Christ, one who follows Him and studying Him in that way and, and knowing more about Him. Being a Christian does not mean that you know more about, anybody, about Christ than anybody else in the room. That doesn't make you a Christian. Because being a Christian, let me tell you something else it isn't. It, it is not, it, it is not, you know, just, just, you know, understanding His words, memorizing them as as Francis Chan said. Being a Christian is not just memorizing his words. And there are, there are lots of people that do that. Okay, Being a Christian, and let me tell you one more thing that being a Christian is not. It is not coming to church on Sunday. Coming to church on Sunday is a part of being a Christian. But being a Christian is not showing up at church on Sunday. Being a Christian, and this is actually what the word means right here, is to, it means to be a follower of Jesus. That means where he's going, you're going. And so if, if, if he's going in one direction, you're going in another, you're not a Christian. You can, you can come to church, sing the songs, pay your tithes, but to be a Christian means you are following him. So let, let's look at what it means to follow him. First of all, if you're going to follow him, you've got to know where he's going. So, so who is Christ? Uh, some people say Christian means to be Christ-like, so following. Uh, that's, that's a definition that's a little watered down for me because it actually means follower. But if we're going to be Christ-like, then what was Christ-like? Two words that I want to give to you about what Christ was like, specifically because we've already preached these in this sermon series about love and faith, okay? And, and we have to follow Him in these areas. We follow Him in love and we follow Him in faith. Now, when I preach to you about love, uh, the second week of this sermon series, and we talked about what love was. Love is a choice. Love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It is a choice. There's feeling and emotion that, that is in, the, in love 
But love is not the feeling or the emotion. Love is a choice. Sometimes you wake up in the morning and you don't love your kids like you did yesterday. Come on, somebody say amen. You know, there's going to be days like that. You don't love your kids like, you know, you know you, you, as a matter of fact, you want to unlove them or see if there's somebody else that might love them a little better today. Or, or you know, I mean, you, you just can't wait till 745 and dropping those kids off and, you know, just take it, you know, you don't always feel like, Loving them, and especially, you know, they get a little older and whatever, and they know more than you know, and all, okay, don't go too far there. But I mean, love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. It is what we do. Love does. It is what we do. Love acts. It is what we, how we act, the things we do, and, and, uh, and love works. Love rolls up its sleeves and says, I got to get to work and do something because love is a choice. And you know, the, the, the cards, you know, you say, well, how do I do that? We're trying, we're doing everything we can to help you. I mean, we're putting it in your hands. We're saying, hey, here's the idea, because this is what Jesus would do, the 20 touches. And this is the last week coming up. That means if you're on target, you've already done 15 touches so far, and you got one more week to do your other five. So if you've only done two or three, that means you're way behind. And I know you say, and we'll have more cards for you at the door. And I know you, some of you are saying, oh, I better, I don't want to get any cards. People think I'm behind. No, 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 listen. You've only got 15 so far. So if you're on target, you need five more cards. So make sure you grab some cards on the way out or people will think you ain't done any of them. You know, you still got your five, you know, trying to encourage you there to, you know, don't embarrass yourself. By not, get some cards today and do this because th- this is what Jesus would do. It's what he did here on the earth. He didn't just forgive people of their sins. He forgave them of their sins, but he also healed them. He fed the 5,000. He gave them lunch. And some of you are doing what Jesus would do when you're driving through a drive-thru and you pay your bill and, 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 and then you say, I want to pay for the guy in the, in the car behind me. I did that again this morning. Many of you have been doing that the last three weeks. Uh, one couple in our, in our early service, they, they, they talked about how they did that, and, and, uh, and they, they got detained as they were pulling away. They, they had to stop, and the lady in the car behind them, she, when she found out they, they bought their meal, she jumped out and ran and caught them, and tears were streaming down her face. Why? Because she couldn't afford a hamburger? No, but because somebody loved her enough to say, hey, you're important, and I'm going to stop, and I'm going to give something to me to a person I don't know. And, and what this is saying, this is telling our community, hey, that Jesus wants to love you, and, the, and he wants to love you through his followers here in, in this community. And, so, and today, I handed this card, and you know what? The guy behind me, you know, I, I argued with him. And this is what I pray. I pray, God, put that person behind me that needs this today. And so I'm sitting there, you know, I'm sitting in line thinking I'm doing this, you know, I'm getting ready, I've got my card out, you know, and I'm, I'm going to hand it in just a moment. And I look at that guy behind me and said, man, he don't look like he needs this today. I'm looking in the mirror, I'm ch- sizing him up a little bit, thinking, man, I, I don't, God, are you sure? I think you put the wrong person back here, you know? But I said, oh, I'll go, I'm, I'm, this is the guy, he's, you know, I've dri- after I drive off, because I gave him the card, I paid for his meal, I gave him the card, they give, you know, and I'm, I'm getting out of the way, because I, I don't want it to be about me, you know, and I mean, he can connect through the church if he wants to here. But I'm driving away, I'm thinking, man, he's just going to pitch that card. You know, he's going to say, well, that was nice, but and pitch the card. But it's going to be in his truck. Somewhere down the road, you know, he's going to pull it out of the seat, or he's going to be cleaning his truck or something. Or maybe his spouse is going to be, his wife's going to be riding with him one day. She's going to say, what's this? And she's going to see it. Or maybe his kids will see it. Or maybe a coworker, somebody, somebody who's really struggling will see this and say, what, what, what is this? Where you? And he'll tell them the story. We don't know. But when we do these kinds of things, I mean, man, it opens all kinds of possibilities, opportunities for God to do amazing things. Jesus was also a man of faith. And we told you last, last week about faith. You remember what faith is? Faith is not just believing something will happen. There are two parts of faith. Remember Colossians 3, 23? Two parts of faith. What are they? Our attitude, which is the way we, we believe this is going to happen. But it's more than that. It's also the effort that we put into believing it. That's what 3 one is. 
I mean, it's, it's not just the attitude, but it's, it's putting some effort into there that you're going to pray one minute every day at one o'clock for three people. Three people that you want to see their lives change. You want to see them become saved and know Jesus Christ and end up in heaven one day. That, that every day, for one minute, one, one minute. That's all we're talking about, one minute here. That's what, and, and so, you know, we, we, we've done this. We put this in your hands. Why? Because we want to help you be a follower of Christ. How are we going to figure this thing out? I prayed with the worship team before before the first service this morning. You know when they were wrapping up their their warm up this morning, and 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 Jeff prayed. And when he said Amen, I told the worship team, I said, I said, remember there are people in this room. They're going to follow you as you follow Jesus, the leader. People are following you. We're trying. We're we're trying to lead. follow. How do we do that? How, you know, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I know what Jesus would do, but how do you do that? So let's look at. Let's look at just one couple of little things, just for a moment, of the very first followers of Christ in the book of Acts. Uh, after Jesus had left, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to sharing in, in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Jesus has gone back to, to be with the Father, and there are several things that we're told of here that they do. Okay, They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. And devoting yourself to the apostles' teaching does, doesn't mean just studying it, memorizing it, and knowing it. They devoted themselves to what the apostles' teaching was and to doing and sharing and giving to one another and prayer. Prayer. Three things, real quick. Three things that I'll close this message is, is that they were in prayer. Jesus told them, if you've been around here long, you've heard me talk, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We actually did a whole sermon series that every Sunday that, that scripture came up. That Jesus said, Stay here in Jerusalem until I send some power. And when the power gets here, you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the whole world. You're going to be witnesses unto me. He said, but stay here in Jerusalem. So they did. And you know what they did? They were praying. They, they hung out. Now, when Jesus said this to them, there were several hundred standing there that heard him say this. Ten days later, when the power showed up, there were only 120 that were there. Okay, over 100, 100 and something left. You know, probably 300 people were there, 180 of them left. Now there's only 120. 11 disciples and 109 people are still there praying. 11 disciples. Why? Because of Jesus. i got to throw this in here because here's the example of what not to do. You see, Jesus was like, I mean, Jesus was like those who do everything except the follow part. You see, because he, he was, you know, he was following him, at least, you know, if you look in your, you know, your eyes, you know, what you can see with your eyes, he was following Jesus. I mean, everywhere Jesus went, he went. He, he, you know, whichever tree Jesus chose to sleep under that night, hey, you know, that's where he was at. You know, whatever hillside they were on, you know, any place that they went to minister, that's where Judas was. Judas was there. He was doing all the things. When Jesus uh, fed the 5,000 families with that little, little boy's lunch, you know, he was breaking into bread and putting it in baskets and handing it to who? The disciples. Judas was one of those disciples who was taking the fish and the bread and taking it to the crowd and handing it out. He was part of the miracle. He was there when, 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 when Jesus called Lazarus back to life out of the tomb. He was part of the miracle. He was there when Jesus was doing all those things. Yet ultimately, he finally decided, my way's better than your way, Jesus. And here's what I'm going to do. Some people say that the reason he sold Jesus out is because it was going too slow. And he said, I'm going to sell Jesus, and Jesus is going to have to prove his power by doing this. I don't know if that's why he did it or not, but he obviously had an idea that my way is better than yours. And he did all those other things. He, would, he did the ministry right. He, did the, he listened to the teaching. He knew the words of Christ, just like a lot of people on a Sunday morning. Get everything right, but then say, but, you know, an hour and 15 minutes, 
you know, following you, following you, God. I'm right here loving you, God, and following you. I belong to you. I am yours. And we sang, what did we sing a moment ago? All my days. But Judas said, I think my way's a little better. And he didn't follow in that one thing. In that one thing that he didn't follow, follow Christ. See, in that one thing that he chose to be disobedient, it wasn't a slip up. It wasn't a mistake. We all make those. We all slip up. We all make mistakes. We have things we have to go fix, go apologize for, straighten out. We all have those from time to time. This was a choice to follow his own way, and it cost him. It cost him his place in ministry. It cost him his soul. It cost him his life. So now we've got 120, and they are praying. And you know, you could look at that and say, but Jesus is gone. What are you praying for? Salvation is paid for. Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the Why are you praying? Pray anyway. Listen, Jesus, the night before he died, remember the Garden of Gethsemane? He goes and he starts praying because he knows what he's about to go through in the next 24 hours. They're going to beat him on his back. They're going to slap him across the face. They're going to pluck out his beard, and they're going to nail him on a cross. And his flesh is saying, I don't know if I can deal with this. And so he prays to the Father. He says, Father, I've been, you know, hey, just paraphrasing a good bit here. But Father, I've been here for 33 years. I know we made this decision. But hey, while I've been here for 33 years getting ready for this day, have you thought of another way that this could happen? Father, have you thought of something else that we could do, another way that this could happen? And he knows the answer. He already knows that this is the only way to buy my salvation and yours. And so he says, nevertheless. And he goes with, why pray? Jesus, you already know everything is it's already done. You have to die tomorrow. You have to be beaten tonight. Why pray? Pray anyway. Listen, some of you are dealing with situations, and you, you look around and you look at it, and you say, I, I just don't have any options. There is no way out of this. I am backed into a corner. I've made too many. Am I preaching to anybody yet? I've made too many mistakes. There's nothing I can do. Can I tell you? Pray anyway. But prayer has not worked. Pray anyway. These people, for, for 10 days they were there. And I believe that's the big reason why there's only 120 left now. Because they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And then they prayed some more. And then they prayed some more. And then they went to bed and they got up and on the second day, they did it all over again. And after 10 days, their number had dwindled down to 120. And some, I'm sure some were walking out the door and say, look, this ain't working. And say, y'all just keep praying and nothing is working. You know what? Can I tell you something? Don't give up. Pray anyway. Listen to me, graduates. It may not look like anything is happening. Pray anyway. It may, it may feel like God is not listening, but pray anyway. And the second thing they did was they were obedient. They were obedient. Didn't look like they were doing a whole lot, did it? They're just praying, right? In an upper room. In Jerusalem. Where Jesus told them to be. You're doing a whole lot when you're being obedient. Even if it doesn't look like a lot is happening, when you're being obedient, you are opening the windows of heaven into your life. And who knows what could happen. You see, it's, you know, it's, it's just like the cards. I mean, you got the card, right? And you got the, you got the email reminders and some of those texts and things. You got, you got some of that. You saw the, the uh, Facebook and Twitter posts. I mean, you saw those things, right? But did you do it? I mean, did you do it? I mean, you, you've got to step up and do it. I mean, last week, the 311, and if you weren't here last week, uh, man, man, just write, take a card. There should be one still in front of you. Take a card, write down three names of three people you want to see saved. And starting today at 1 o'clock, for one minute, pray for their soul. You say, man, I know what some of you are thinking. Pastor, I've got some issues in my life, and I thought this moving, moving Forward series was going to speak to my... You're not telling me anything that's going to help me. 
I'm telling you, just do what God has told you to do today because what obedience is, obedience is doing what you know to do. It, you know, and some people are like, oh, I need, to, I need to understand the great depths of God's wisdom and direction for my life so I can be obedient. No, don't worry about that great deep wisdom of God for tomorrow. Just be obedient today in what you know. You know, because, you know, can I ask you, if Jesus told you, if you'll pray one minute a day, I'll save those three people you wrote on that card, would you do it? That's what he's leading us with. That's what he's speaking to us. Pray one minute a day and see him, see him do that. Uh, if he's told you, if you'll reach out and touch your community, I will start changing the lives of people in your communities. Would you do it? That's what he's saying. That's what he's leading us to do. And until we do that, we don't need to know about You see, see here's the thing is we all want to know about tomorrow's wisdom. We want to know tomorrow's direction. We don't want to know this stuff. I mean, this doesn't say, no, this is the stuff that gets you started. You see, because just like Jesus, when, Je when Jesus was here, he was baptized in water. And then he commanded that we be baptized also. Being baptized, man, what does that have to do with fixing my marriage? Being baptized in water, what does that have to do with, with, with uh, you know, blessing me financially? What does that have to do with getting me a new job? It's obedience. It is commanded, it's obedience. You know, I was watching, I recorded the, the Bible series that was just on, uh, just on uh, TV, uh, you know, um, about a month or so ago. And I was watching part of it yesterday. And uh, there was a little part of it. It reminded me. I started thinking of the story. And I, didn't, I wouldn't even watch it anymore. I don't even know if this part was in it because I was, man, I was in my mind then. You know, I was just thinking. And I was thinking about how, you know, uh, they came to Jesus and they were asking for the taxes. And, and Simon Peter's like, Jesus, they're asking us for taxes. What do we do? And Jesus said, go fishing. You know, and I got to believe when he first said, I want you to go down to the, to the lake and go fish. I got to think Peter's saying, what? We need to pay taxes, Jesus. You're telling me to go fishing? Okay, that may sound as foreign to you as what I'm saying right now. Because I'm telling you, if, you, if you've got needs in your life, be obedient. And if, you, if you're a Christian and you've never been baptized in water, you can't really say you're a Christian because you have not yet followed Jesus. People are like Simon Peter who would say, I'll go to the ends of the earth with you, Father you know, call me somewhere. I'll go to the deep, dark jungles of Africa. I'll go to uh, South America. You know, I'll, I'll minister to whatever people group you give me, whether they're Asian or, you know, or, or, or whether it be Slavic or whatever. God, I, I'll minister to anybody you give me. But we won't even follow him down into the water and to be baptized. June, June 2nd, four weeks from today, if you've never been baptized, follow him and be obedient. Follow me down in the water. And let's baptize you. See, because here's the thing. See, if I were to tell you this afternoon, I want you to eat with me at a brand new restaurant I just found. It's awesome. I want you to go with me. Just take the fourth exit, turn right, and it's right there. A couple of problems, right? You don't know what interstate you're supposed to be on to get what exits, right? And so, and I know you're assuming, oh, well, it's probably local, so he's probably talking about I-65. Well, what if I'm not? What if I, I forgot to tell you about I-65? Or what if I told you and you weren't listening? And actually, I was saying, go down to I-20 and whatever, da, da, da. Man, you're going to get lost, aren't you? And what if, what if it was I-65, but it didn't tell you whether to go north or south for four exits? You see, when you, you, when you, get, when you start worrying about tomorrow's direction and you've not followed today's direction, you're going to get lost, and you're going to be confused. You don't need more direction until you fulfill what God has already told you. So if he's told you, and he has, be baptized, don't worry about anything. Nothing else is going to work until you do that. If he's told you to touch your community, which he has, he's, he's told us through your church. I mean, I mean, you know, this could be a deal breaker for some people. 
He's saying, be a good Christian of this church. This is what God told us to do. If we're not doing this, then we're not following him. You can't be a good, you can't be a good Christian. You can't be a Christian. You can't be a follower if you're not following and doing what he says. Oh, pastor, man, you, you, really, you, you say we got to do, I, I am not going to be satisfied until you're following Christ because I know your life is not, it's not going to matter. It's not going to fit. It, things are not going to happen because obedience is also a faithful expectation. If somebody were to tell you this afternoon, I will sell you this used truck for $10,000. If you get the money, you put that $10,000 in their hand expecting what? You expect that title to come right back. You are giving to get. That is a faithful expectation. Here's what, if you'll give me $10,000, I'll do this. It is a faithful expectation. When God says, pray, and I'll save those three friends, then when you say, by all means, and you go to your knees at 1 o'clock, or you're driving down the road at 1 o'clock and you stop. And listen, if you do this and you forget at 1 o'clock and you remember at 2.30, don't, don't skip it. Go back and do it. 1 o'clock is just a reminder. If he says you do it and you pray, you are saying, I believe, God, you are going to do what you say you will do. That's what, that's what it is. It's a faithful expectation. And so then to not do it is what? It is doubt. It is saying, I just don't believe God's going to do what he says he would do. So I'm not even going to pray. I'm not even going to carry some lady's groceries to the car. I'm not, I'm not even going to reach out in any way. But what if he says, follow me and I will give you the desires of your heart? He does say that. So it's up to you today. And even if it looks like it's nothing about what I need from God, don't worry about that. Be obedient today because more direction will come tomorrow. And you're going to open that door. You're going to open that door to, to, to God doing a miracle in your life. Last thing I got to say, I know we got to say this quick, but last thing here. It's, and it, I think it's the thing that we probably miss the most in the American church of today. I grew up in what, you know, you've probably heard me call it the heyday of the church, of the American church. I mean, we were in charge. You could not get elected if you didn't claim to be a Christian in this country a few years ago. It's not that way anymore. Some places you better not claim to be a Christian if you want to get elected. But we, we grew up in that head. And you know what we did? We separated, we isolated ourselves from the world. Ooh, we can't let that get close to us. Might get on, that, some of that sin might get on us. How do you reach people you don't know? How do you preach to people you don't communicate with? How do you encourage someone that you are not somehow connected to. You cannot do it. Second Corinthians, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11. 29, 11. It's one of our scriptures. 2 Chronicles 29, 11 says, Don't be negligent, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before Him and serve Him, to minister before Him and to burn incense. That's all Old, uh, Old Testament kind of language. Let's, let's update it right here. He says, Don't be negligent. I've called you to serve me around the temple. Now, the Old, the Old Testament temple was a building. Anybody know where the New Testament temple is? Anybody? Right there, Maria? Right, 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 Maria's point right here. Can you find me another temple? Is there another temple in the building? Yeah, oh, right there, right, right there, right. Okay, she's found a bunch more. So what is Jesus saying? I've called you to serve me at the temple. They're right there. They're all around you every single day. There are billions of temples of God throughout this world today. 
Some of them are full of sin and they need to be told about Jesus' saving power. Some of them are full of confusion and they need somebody to minister to them some wisdom, direction. Some of them are full of heart. Temples are, their temple is full of the horrors of this life and they need somebody to just encourage them and let them know that there is hope for the horror that is in their life. You see, because if you remember what Jesus said, He said, in serving others, in serving the least of them, you serve me. So how do we do this thing? <clears throat> how do we minister and bless? Oh, no, it's not this hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. I, I know that's what some of us think. It's this hour and 15 minutes. No, this is where I get blessed. Oh, this is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. You know, just his prayer. Oh, this is wonderful. Oh, this is wonderful. Praise God for this. That's for me. Paul even said it in 1 Corinthians, that church at Corinth. He said, look, that's good, guys. And all that speaking in tongues you guys are doing, man, it's encouraging y'all. But no unbelievers, nobody else is being ministered to because nobody can. Same thing, Sunday morning. This is wonderful. This is awesome. Thank God. Praise the Lord for this. It doesn't end in an hour and 15 minutes. It's not over. This is where it begins. And he says, you got a need? Take care of what's on my heart and I'll take care of your need. Get out there and take care of what's on my heart, Jesus says, and I'll take care of you. That's a paraphrase of where he said, seek me first, and all those things will be added to you and taken care of. You take care of what I'm concerned about, and I'll take care of what you're concerned about today. Our problem is, is that uh, my guess would be, as a pastor and a pastor quite a few years now, my guess would be, most people, most Christians in the world, 90 plus percent of people who are Christians in this world especially in this country, think that being a Christian is about an hour to an hour and a half on Sunday morning. And it ends when the pastor says amen and they go out the door. It is just beginning. See, because moving forward, moving forward, if you want to move forward, is about what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. If anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself. If anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself. You see, moving forward is about moving beyond yourself. You see, because the reason you're still struggling and thinking, I got to find a way to move forward, you're still trying to move forward within yourself. And he's pointing outside of you to say, if you want to move forward in all those areas about you, then get outside of you, move beyond yourself. Get out there and serve someone. Do what Jesus, what did Jesus do when he was tired? What did he do? You know, I know, the opportunity to serve someone else, it's not on, I know it's not on your calendar probably. Anybody got an opportunity on your calendar? I've got two. You know, I'm making plans to bless somebody. I've got two on my calendar this week. But I know most of these opportunities that we get to, you know, take somebody's groceries and car. You don't plan those, right? You know, somebody making a mistake or failing. And you, don't, you can't plan that. It's not on your calendar, is it? What can I tell you? It's on God's calendar. See, some of you are on God's calendar this afternoon to encourage a waitress when she dumps a pitcher of tea in your lap because she's having a bad day. And God puts you on the schedule to be the one that encourages her today. 
God, God's got some of you on the calendar that, that this week is going to be your week to encourage someone at lunch. Maybe you wouldn't plan it on, but you the opportunity arises something happens, say, ah, come go to lunch with me. You buy their lunch and they open up something something. Or they're, they're just blessed because you bought their lunch. Some of you, some of you, you're on God's calendar for something like that, uh, you know, helping a, a a lady with three or four kids and an armload of groceries, helping her get them to the car. Some of you are on God's calendar standing in line at Walmart and overhearing somebody with a big problem. And you're on God's calendar to encourage them. It probably won't be the opportunity to turn around and say, let's hold hands right now. You know, uh, sorry, you know, the lady's checking out. We're going to have to wait a minute in the line. No, probably not an opportunity to pray, but you can share some encouragement. I don't know. I don't know. You're on God's calendar. Do you want to be taken off God's calendar? Come on. Do you want to be taken off God's calendar? Do you, you want Him to do that? You want Him to quit telling you, here's somebody I need you to minister to so I can meet your need? Is that what you want? No, that's not what we want. No. So come on, let's pray. Let's believe God. Let's believe God to start changing our life. You know, and He doesn't do it by us focusing in. He does it by us focusing out. You get your mind out there, and He'll have His mind in here on you.